0: Welcome to the Naval Air Podcast with your hosts, Mike and Scott. How you doing, Scott?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Mike. How about you?
0: Ah, hanging in there. Hanging in there. So, uh, for this episode, we're going to jump off the uh, reminiscing cycle or the kind of, you know, the historical retelling of what was going on to uh, take the time to answer some E- questions that came in via an email sure uh, um, so we got an email from chris again uh, and he, you know this time he, he he how do i say he gave us what we asked for we asked for you know feedback and and you know questions or whatnot so we gave us feedback you know the usual that he likes what we're saying and he likes the information uh, but he did ask questions this time. So I figured we can read the question and answer the question. And, uh, you know, I think that'll, because I have sto- the first question, especially, I have, I have more than one story that it'll answer. So, all right, you ready? Fire one, Okay, ready, all right. So Chris asks, how do AWs typically interact with and get along with the pilots? Since you guys are enlisted and the pilots are officers, does that present any issues or do you guys go out for beers together after a mission? So, uh. I, it, my experience is it, it depends, right? Personalities, well, pilots generally are, are they, all, they all come in a range of personalities, right? And sometimes personalities get along and sometimes they don't. And it's always professional. But if you're chummy, you'll have, you'll goof, I don't want to say goof around, but you'll talk and you'll chat and you'll discuss everything under the sun. But if you're not, you'll just, you know, you keep it to the task at hand. Right?
1: Yeah, that that sounds, uh, that sounds, uh, reasonable and, uh. (laughs) Started, Pretty much how, how things go.
0: Yeah, it's starting at um, the beginning, starting, starting when you start flying uh, at the RAG, you know, you find pilots, instructor pilots and student pilots that are more fun to fly with and fun to hang out with than others. And, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean... Uh... And, uh, and the short answer to the question, uh, do do AWs have a problem getting along with the pilots or that sort of thing, the short answer of that is basically yes, in the context of what you said, where, you know, it's a, first of all, it's a kind of a professional relationship to begin with. And uh, as you also added personality plays into it, I mean, some people, you gravitate to some people you just sort of keep at an arm's length and then there's people that fall um somewhat in between that uh classification which is probably my experience uh as well although i would say the vast majority of the pilots were they were all you know pretty good guys and in my case i flew with some females too
0: and Um, helicopter pilots don't have the egos of say fighter pilots Jet jocks No, there. I mean, there's
1: Maybe. an old saying about fighter pilots. How, how do you tell a fighter pilot walked in the room? <laughs> Don't he'll, worry, he'll tell, he'll tell you. you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, that's there's there's some truth there's some truth to that as well. Um, as far as like you know, socializing is concerned, in my personal experience, uh, uh, at least when I was at the uh, the RAG there at HSL 31. um, I don't really recall really socializing with any of the pilots there as as going through as a, uh, as a student, as a frack. I mean, I was friendly with quite a few of them. Um, A lot of the pilots that are coming through, they're all, all, this is their first job in the Navy after, you know, officer training. There's some that are Naval Academy graduates. There's some that are, ROTC graduates. There's some that went through at the time aviation officer candidate school. Uh, So they're all uh, generally speaking uh, lieutenant junior grades, maybe an ensign or two. And then you have some guys that are, this is their first, uh, or not their first fleet aircraft, but they had previously flown something else. And they, uh, generally speaking, they were station pilots. Um, or sir grads, right? That, sir grads, yeah, or, or, flight yeah. school sir grads, yep. yeah. which is a yeah, se- selectively
0: exactly. selectively retained graduate is what a sir grad is. So, someone who finishes flight training, and rather than getting uh, sent on to their next airplane or whatever, they're they're held back to also be an instructor for you know some of the people behind them for six months or a year or something. So that also helps them be a little bit less junior. But most of these dudes you know, that we're flying with are 24, 25 years old. Yep. Right? Um, You you talk about it, the RAG, right? We weren't very social at the RAG because that's home. That's, you know, you're you're flying off of land. Um, Now, the aircraft is not very big, right? So we're kind of in close quarters flying. Um, Even when you get to your fleet squadron, you're still kind of not... Interacting it's when you get on deployment that you get in real close quarters you're spending lots of time together you're flying a lot with the same four people that the socializing tends to pop up when you pull into pull into port
1: yeah, and then uh you know you you form some uh relationships there for sure, especially you know it's it's it's- it's mutual uh for lack of a better word you're mutual danger you're sharing the same risks uh that are um germane to flying and then especially naval aviation and then you throw helicopters into it operating off small ships it was um i'm not trying to overstate it or anything but uh it was a relatively uh a risk um well it had risk risk based yeah. yeah, It, it had, was a risk-based type uh, way of making a living. That's why in the Navy to fly, you had to sign paperwork volunteering, and you could disvolunteer to fly anytime you wanted. So yes, um, can... nobody was forcing you to do anything that you didn't want to do, as far as being in the uh, in the aircraft. So there's that. There there's uh, camaraderie there, and I think the other thing that comes along with camaraderie is um, mutual respect because. As you go along, especially when you get to the fleet and you establish a reputation for yourself um, as a solid uh, air crewman, you know you know what you're doing, uh, the pilots are going to pay attention to you, they need you to do their job, you need them to do your job. So there's sort of a uh, synergy that you have as a uh, air crewman, uh, yeah. as a member of a crew.
0: Yeah, not a lot now, of spare spare bodies or eyeballs in the helicopter when you're flying. So everybody has a, everybody needs to do their stuff and not be. A, now, and the
1: know. other the other aspect is when you go to the fleet, as Michael can echo. Some of these guys that you were at the FRS with, they go to the same squadron you went to, so you already know some of these guys initially. So that, um, well, I suppose if if uh, for some reason uh, you didn't like the guy, but generally speaking, I just didn't really pay much attention to uh, what the uh, the fleet replacement pilot types were doing when I was going through the syllabus at HSL 31 I yeah, was just that, doing my thing that's funny. I, I really really didn't even enter in my into my mind uh, what they were doing who they were with or you know what they did after hours or not that I didn't really care it just didn't even even enter my mind
0: I can't think of any replacement pilots that i flew with at the rack i could think of the instructor pilots
1: you know yeah, some, no, see some, i can remember more... i can remember uh a few of them because i flew with them later on at uh hsl 31 but there was a couple i bet you if i mentioned their name that you would remember uh, like bubba thiel
0: <laughs> okay i don't remember, you remember him right the name's familiar, but I can't put a.
1: He, he was an HSL. Ah, uh, you know what? Bubba might have been at HSL 35. Now I thinking about think about it. Uh, Mr. Sentio. I
0: remember Sentio. He was in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yes.
1: He wound up uh, being a test pilot and retired from uh, the Navy as a captain. He was a he was a real nice guy. And I remember him and uh, and Bubba Thiel. You know, because they were real friendly guys. I mean, you'd see him there in the library, and you know they were they were very. Uh, you know, they were, they were actually somewhat interested in what we were doing because...
0: They would be working um, with us later, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of had a general idea, like, oh, yeah, they, they're pilots, they got to fly a helicopter. I mean, that's not something that's really that esoteric, but when you're training to be a pilot and you're not even thinking about ASW or sensor equipment or what you're going to be doing with uh, the systems, um, they uh, they had somewhat of an interest in what was going on in the back, too. Um, but the smart ones didn't, didn't let themselves get too interested much because that would get a little bit too annoying if they, uh, (laughs) yeah, start trying to give you tips and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and usually if they, you had a few, there was a tiny handful of JOs that junior officers that kind of had that sort of a thing, but they were rapidly, uh, squelched by the other pilot, generally speaking. Um, kind of to the point where like okay sir i'll tell you what you want to you want to swap i'll get up there and you can sit back here i actually said that to one pilot one time not not at the frs but no no what's
0: your later what, on yeah um all right so i went on one hsl deployment one lamps deployment and while we didn't while we we're at home in the fleet squadron the you know we didn't go out but once we hit the boat and the boat pulled into port, we would go out together. Mm-hmm. We would, um, I mean, we had, a, I mean, our, our outbound our outbound leg, we stopped in Pearl, right? You always stop in Pearl as you leave for Westpac. Unless, of course, you start there, <laughs> I guess. But, you know, we... Coming from San Diego, the ship always stopped in Pearl, in and out, mm-hmm. all the way out to Westpac right. and all the way back from it. Always stopped in Pearl. So that first, that first night, first day, we pulled into Pearl Harbor on our cruise on our actual deployment. Because we, you know, we went to Pearl on a short cruise. I don't remember doing a lot of.
1: They so already scoped out the the good places to go <laughs> yeah. by that point. Yeah,
0: we didn't do a lot of hanging out that short cruise. But the the when we got on deployment, we we. We would go out and, um, Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, our pilots went and rented a car because in Pearl, you stay on the boat, right? You don't, you know, you're not, you don't fly off, you don't find a barracks room somewhere. You're going to the pier, right? You sleep on the ship. So (laughs) pilots rented a car. I don't know how. And they, they come back to the, we were supposed to meet at, um, you know, the Halicoa Hotel, you know, the, the Fort Darussi, oh, yeah. the, right? Yeah. So the Haleiwa yeah. Hotel, for those who don't know, is is a hotel in Waikiki that's owned by the government, right, for military people to to stay in Hawaii. And the Halikoa Hotel had a barefoot bar, you know, bar outside, like they all are, and that's where we would meet. We would because also Pearl's a working port, right? You didn't have the day off typically. You did whatever, and then they let you go for liberty at you know four o'clock in the afternoon. So, the big thing was, you know, okay, we'll meet at the Halicoa at, you know, seven o'clock at night. Be already eaten, right? Make sure you've eaten already, and then we'll go hit the town. So, you go to, the, you know, we eat, go to the Halicoa, warm up with a couple rounds. Usually, we were first because the officers always had something a little extra to do, right? And they show up and they have a freaking Lincoln Town car. And we're like, well, how, why'd you get this car? And they're like, well, they ran out of whatever, This all they had. So we had the Lincoln Town Car. And since we we're hanging out, the three of us, the air crewmen, hanging out at the Helico Hotel, a couple other dudes from the debt show up. So uh, we had nine. There's nine people in this group. So the four pilots, no, three of the pilots, because Mister uh, Mr. Hodge, he did not participate in the shen- shenanigans. It was the other three guys. Right, so Mr. Hodge... Minus him. So the three other uh, pots, three other pods, three crew and six, and then three other dudes. So nine people. We go out to the, their Lincoln Town car. They pop the trunk and there's a case of beer in the back already. Oh, nice. So we stand in the parking lot, do some more drinking. We fit nine people in this stupid car and we drove around Waikiki. um, Making stops. Remember places like Moose McGillicuddy's? Yep. The Rosen. Yep, Pro- sure do. The Rosen Crown.
1: Yeah, uh yeah.
0: That uh that was like around the corner. It was a piano bar kind of place.
1: Uh, and the shorebird.
0: Yeah, yeah. Lots of Brit expats at the Rose and Crown for some reason. Um so yeah, we go to these places. It, it, and you know, you're drinking, you're getting more and more inebriated, um, and you know yeah. So we fit nine people in this car and it's time to go back to the boat. Now we pull up in this car at the pier, and the ship's there, and you know it's three in the morning. The only it's the only car that's moving in this parking lot that's really not that full anyway, because the sh- ship's transient, right? It's not like it's a, a home port where there'd be tons of cars there, you know what I'm saying? And right uh, you know, we stumble out of this car, and we have this confab. we're all okay, we're really, really drunk. All right. It's three in the morning. We've closed the places down where we are stumbling. And in our collective wisdom, it was decided that I'll be the first to cross the bow, just cross the brow to see if I could re- properly get myself aboard. I don't know what we were thinking if I couldn't. Right. I, you know, but you go and then we'll all like kind of spread it apart because they don't want us, they don't want the ship to see us all showing up together. You know, I, right. whatever, for whatever reason. So I go stumbling up there. I render my salute. <laughs> I turn to ask for Mitch to come aboard. And I feel breathing on my neck. And I turn around. They're all behind me. <laughs> all, they, all didn't, they all didn't keep the space, the big plan that we had. We all, they all just came stumbling up behind me. So we all right. you know, got it. So the next day was cruise book picture day.
1: Oh, geez.
0: And we had to muster at 730 in the morning in White's. This is February, right? But White's, Whites is year-round in Hawaii, right? Yep. Yeah, so we're in Whites. Our ele- <laughs> we, had to get, we had to push the helicopter out of the hangar because we're going to take a picture in front of our helicopter. And if I showed you the picture, you could see all the people that participated in the shenanigans because we just look like crap. Squinty eyes, our eyes closed,
1: Right, the typical uh, hangover look.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that set the tone for the rest of the deployment. Every time we pulled in a port after that, with the exception of Subic, I don't remember doing a whole lot of hanging out with the pilots in Subic because Subic was also a working port. Mm -hmm. And we we would go out in town, and they would go up to the club. So we didn't – but Singapore, Diego Garcia – australia for sure so yes we would hang out with them when it was just us and them not you know when we're you know halfway around the world not not at home that's the short answer to that do you have do you have lit lit stories well
1: as i alluded to um the last time we spoke um we haven't really expounded on it yet but my first deployment was sort of a disjointed one. However, um, on that particular detachment, there was zero socialization interaction between the enlisted, uh, folks on the detachment and the, uh, and the officers. Really? Yep. And actually, uh, on my second deployment, which was a four deployment to Japan, there was zero socialization between the, uh, the officers and the uh, enlisted members of the debt. And I don't, I don't know. I don't even know where our chief disappeared to from our, on our first debt. I have no idea who he was hanging out with because that was the other thing. He didn't hang out with us either. So um, it was, my first debt there was uh not a lot of cohesion and i would say that morale was not particularly high on that detachment not that we didn't do um you know a good job it was just because of our our deployment be becoming so uh disjointed where we really didn't know what was going on for the the duration and and then it ended um I think that affected our cohesion. And then on the forward deployed detachment, um, we spent a good chunk of that actually in the PI, so that lended itself to not hanging out with the the O's too much as well. So, yeah, um, so I'm not really a a, um, conduit for a lot of information (laughs) when it comes to socialization on detachment. Now, that's not to say – that I didn't socialize with some officers off duty, let's say, not at the squadron, um, which had nothing to do with being on detachment, but just being of uh, the fact that I had at the time a commercial pilot certificate and a instrument rating. I went flying with a few of the pilots um, when I was in Hawaii with a Navy flying club. And, uh, later on, one of the pilots that was going through the FRS, uh, was one of my neighbors when I was an instructor at HSL 31. And I, I hung out with, uh, with some of those guys, you know, because I was, you know, roughly the same age. I was like 27, 28. Then they were all pretty much about the same, maybe a little about the same or a couple of years younger. So, um, my, my socializing with the officers was, was not on detachment. In fact, one of your pilots I I went flying with. Uh Sully and I took a one seventy two
0: <laughs>
1: from uh North Island. We went up to Big Bear nice. when he was an FRS and instructor and I was there. Nice. And uh and you know him really well. He's a very, 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 very uh well, nice guy. He, really super nice guy.
0: He was the guy that he was the guy that read it. <laughs> the lincoln he's the, the guy that lincoln he, it was the yeah. town car lincoln town car you know the the big car that you know seats seats six and we squeeze nine in there four in the front and five yeah. in the back
1: yeah. yeah very 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 unassuming very soft-spoken um
0: oh yeah but he guy he could tie one on yeah he and, and, really, and a good
1: and a really good pilot he could re, oh so, yeah you know that we could... That that was always the form, first and foremost in my in my mind was if I paid any attention to uh, the the uh, the officers if they were really good pilots they uh, I tended to gravitate toward those types if they weren't you know I kind of sort of like eh, I kind of looked at them like uh, I should be doing your job but uh, yeah so it was kind of weird a little different for me I don't know why it just turned out that way I mean. I think uh you had a very dynamic type of a kind of a large personality OIC cuz I remember I remember him now, when he, he was at HSL 31 as an FRS instructor so okay personality
0: uh, I don't would call him dynamic and large he was just he was just uh, very matter-of-fact well
1: his, his ego was pretty uh large yeah he had, so I guess that's what I'm I'm trying to say with
0: okay you know I didn't see a lot of ego from him. I just saw a lot of, well, okay. I don't know if we talked about this openly last time, but we talked might have talked about nicknames and call signs. I think we might have talked yeah. about this off the air. But nicknames and call signs came easy for some people, and it were hard mm-hmm. to come up with others. So, you know, my nickname came about because I, you know, they... They said it looked like Grandpa Munster with my head shaved, right? Remember the Munsters, right? Al Lewis, Grandpa Munster. Okay.
1: Yeah, I can imagine your boot camp picture (laughs) probably really uh kind of drove that point home, right?
0: You know, so they would ask because you know we'd get the we'd leave Hawaii and then go to Ship's Barber and get your head shaved, right? Because it's less maintenance. And and then oh my gosh, it looks like Grandpa Munster. I'm like, no, I don't. You know, so the more you resist, the more it sticks, right? And then and then it became to you know, gee grandpa, can you turn into a bat?" No, no, I don't try. So finally, long story short, my nickname became the bat because that's how they got there. At that point, I embraced it because I didn't want it to get any worse. I you know I, I put little little bat emblems on my helmet and I put a little bat emblem on my float coat you just to you know buy into it. But anyway, so the the pilots. Lieutenant Sullivan, his nickname that we put on the plaque was something we didn't recall call him that often, but it was it just kind of fit, right? Uh, Mister Hodge, his nickname was Houdini because he would he would he'd be in the shop chatting everybody yeah. up, chatting everybody, and then he just disappeared. Right? But you didn't you'd never notice him leaving, right? So yeah. that one that one came and that was because it, it would you know what the enlisted people making the nicknames up you kind of got to be respectful, right? Uh yeah. Mr. Dorgan, his um his we had to kind of make up a bit. We had it was a bit of a stretch. But Lieutenant Commander Kritz.
1: Iron Mike, right? No,
0: Iron Mike came late. Came later. We, oh, okay. Uh the nickname we put on the plaque for him was It's Good to Be the King. Ah. So that ties into your observation about his ego. Although we didn't, he didn't, he didn't show it a lot. But, you know, we all knew it. Does that make sense? But he was always, always the most professional dude. And always, always pushing to do better. Always pushing. Right. You know.
1: Well, that's not a bad thing, though. That's what a good leader does. No,
0: but, you know, (laughs) when it's same stuff, different day, you know, Lamps Mark 1 deployment where it's, you know, get up, eat breakfast, launch the airplane, fly five hours, yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, It's like lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah I know over and over saying. again yeah. until you hit 100 hours. Oh, wait, 10 yeah. hours. What was the oil sample interval? Was it 10 hours or 30 hours?
1: Uh, uh I forget. I think it was, it might have been 30. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. You know, oh, uh, we're, we're in oil sample territory. And, that, you know, just always, always, always. But, you know, you do the boring stuff. Do you remember, like, self-contained approaches? I hated doing those. You know,
1: um, and, well, he interrupted my nap, but yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> but, um, but you know, we would. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't necessarily mind. Even if I wasn't doing that, I was keeping an eye on the radar anyway. Well, so sure. Uh, but but you know, uh, yeah. The pilots, they, uh, what I didn't like doing was was getting out in the uh, the GCA box pattern, you know, and doing like, uh, oh, how many GCAs do you need? I'm like, I, oh, I need like four. How many do you need? Three. Oh, and I go- need two tack in. And it's like
0: going oh my below, God. slightly below glide path. Going below a slide, blow back, glide path, and correcting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That was, but, yep. but you didn't do that at the boat, right? That was that was back at home guard. That was at, yeah. like
1: home guard, yeah. or when we were in QB Point doing it. Oh like, yeah, I remember doing C-
0: some GCAs at the. But you, all right, so we're doing self-contained approach, right? It was like we 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 have whatever night night patrol mission we have, right? We la- we launch at five thirty, fly till ten thirty. Oh, but we find our way back to the boat. Oh, we've got fifteen minutes of gas left. We're going to do a couple of extra landings. We're going to, and we're going to do self contained approaches to those landings. So fire it up and let's go. You're like, oh, I just, I just wanted, I want to be done with the night, right? You know, your ass is tired. Mm -hmm. It's five, five Mm -hmm. hours into it. You're thinking about, you know, the daily intern inspection and putting the airplane to bed ahead of all that. And he wants to do, you know, five, five freaking self contained approaches. But anyway, so yes, um, he, he was, he did have his, Ego, but it was tempered by professionalism, and and nobody resented him for the way he was. You know what I'm saying? When it, because if a guy is a jerk in that fashion, then you know the detachment falls apart. Yeah, but he yeah. he he set the boundaries. He set his guidelines, and the our chief did his best to you know keep the wheels on in our two LPOs, and and we all we all pretty much got along good, despite you know. The close quarters because sometimes you just get sick of people's crap you know and you know little things flare up here and there but
1: yeah i mean we uh, i think uh um familiarity can breed contempt yes um, yes yeah it's sort of that that's of that kind of a uh a thing that's sort of natural and um but yeah it was just a different kind of uh vibe uh with uh my deployments um so no you know, no- no, there were certainly. you know there was a few things that uh, occurred that uh, created a little bit of uh, angst, let's say. Um,
0: so when you go up flying, you don't you know tell each other sea stories and get to know each other's background. Um, and
1: all that. you know, I have to say, I don't on deployment or when I was on a detachment, I don't, I don't really remember doing a whole lot of of ch- idle. You know, I hate to say it this way, but it's
0: It's what it is because you're passing time, Um, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't remember really, uh, doing a whole lot of that. Um,
0: because you you know, know, maybe
1: we, maybe we did. I just don't really recall anything that just, um, comes out my mind. Now there was some occasions where, you know, I, on my second deployment, um, I I got to fly the helicopter about a half dozen different times. So that was, you know. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of cool i mean uh uh we did that in the p let's see i flew in the i actually flew in hsl 31 one time too
0: i'm jealous with
1: uh lieutenant with lieutenant bagby he was the uh, oh he was the QA, qao there at the time and uh, I got, uh was awesome. it was when i was there you know waiting to transfer to uh hawaii and um We had to uh, go out and do an FCF and then we got done and then there was like fuel left And I forget who the co-pilot was, but he's like, um, I gotta go do something or (laughs) or whatever Uh And I don't remember exactly how all this turned about, but uh, I wound up in the front seat and we're We went out and uh, we did a couple of um, Auto rotations at North Island. Then we went out over the Out off of North Island and flew around for about I don't know maybe 25 30 minutes went up the coast and then came back and of course he let me fly and everything.
0: Yeah yeah that's awesome.
1: But I, it was it was a little it was a little scary doing the very first auto rotation sitting up in the front though cuz you you like you're sitting there the door is open you know and you're don't, like don't everywhere nothing, yeah. you're not all enclosed <laughs> in like the cabin I'm just <laughs> going holy shit I don't know if I want to make a habit out of this. Yeah, and you don't want to touch you know? nothing right
0: cuz you don't want to inter- exactly, you don't want to yeah. interfere with him trying to No nope, nope,
1: nope, I just sat there quietly you know and then uh going oh my god we're gonna die but um he's but, a really good pilot but the, and, auto, um, the
0: auto rotation pattern in north island though is pull out at 500 feet right it was 1500 to
1: yeah. 500 feet it was
0: not like uh, imperial beach where you you know take him down to 50 or 75 or whatever yeah
1: it was the, the maintenance auto rotation yeah, pattern yeah. basic but then uh you know one i flew in uh japan um at least three times that i remember and then i flew a couple times in the Pi. so yeah you know, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. You know, are the 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 officers that we had were 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 nice guys and everything. Um, a couple of them, uh, in particular, I was really really quite fond of. You know, they kind of looked up to them a lot. Um, so, well, and then. and mo- most of them did really well subsequently in the Navy too, because you know they had that ability. You know, um, uh, one of them, uh, let's see. Two of them, two of them uh, were captains. He retired as O 0- sixes, and uh, one of them actually was the f- first CEO of the, or no, I don't think he was the first CEO. Maybe the second or third. But he was CEO of the Bonhomme Richard, the ship that caught fire in San Diego. Yeah. Earlier in his career, and and uh, one of the other ones commanded a different uh, Gator, but they they both commanded Lampsmark three squadrons later on in their careers and.
0: Well, you you want to talk about Iron Mike? He he was a skipper of thirty three just before disestablished. Yeah, and he made O six. I think he went to the academy to teach. As a captain, yeah, I
1: think uh, he was he was one of those guys like some of the thirty seven guys that did their their J O tour, their department head tour, and their C O tour all at the same fleet squadron.
0: Well, yeah, and because there's not a lot to go, you know, there wasn't how many fleet squadrons were there six. Right? yeah three 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 east coast yeah. three per coast so um so you know it's it, the the community was small these dudes knew each other right yeah they, they yeah just like just like the the a w community was small, you know we all all the all the mark one dudes knew each other pretty pretty you know if you were within six months ahead or behind you, you were all kind of oh yeah, I remember you from here or I remember you from there or you know you, you cross paths a lot.
1: Um, but but i would say i had a very i had a very positive relationship with the pilots that i flew with when i was uh in, in in the uh in the navy um with with extremely rare exceptions to the point i can't really remember anything standing out um it was a little different in the hs community because i think the hs community they, that was sort of like the the scraping the bottom of the barrel guys went there really um, Yeah, I mean, actually, you had to when you're going through Hilo training, you know, picking your fleet orders. um, The best pilots got sent to the H2. I did. I I understood it.
0: I did not know that.
1: Because that was probably the one that you had to demonstrate not only proficiency as an aviator at a high level, but you also had to show that you had some really good leadership qualities, because you're going to get leadership uh opportunities much sooner than you would in the hs community where you got you know 16 or 17 20 whatever it was i forget officers whereas in an h2 squadron when you go on deployment you know you're you're you know we had a few guys there was a very there was a couple guys that uh we had that took a debt out as a lieutenant you know they were they were very um,
0: senior i'm sure though
1: yeah yeah exactly like you know what they call a fleet lieutenant yeah uh, well, we had a couple of those guys.
0: Well, okay, so you know, I was gonna make one more comment about uh, my officer in charge for our deployment. Okay, so yes, we've established that he was, you know, strict. Let's say strict, right? And and no one really felt too comfortable pulling shenanigans off around him, right? But he w- did go out with us when we stormed Waikiki. He was one of the nine dudes
1: in right right in,
0: right. in the league when we went well
1: to- he was one he had established himself as as, a, as an authority figure and a leader and you weren't going to cross the line but at the same time he could also be one of the guys so he was actually a rare i would say he was one of the rarities he was more the exception than the rule from what i saw uh even you know from other guys talking about their yes um oics and 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 the officers in general you know
0: and you, and you talk about flying in the pi right he took he took four of us you know who wants to go get some stick time four of us raised our hands and
1: well, of course i am not surprised that you raised your hand
0: <laughs> me uh the other junior aw and then two of the maintenance guys um and and he without a hesitation okay let's go right strap in you know the one one air crewman sat up front on the outbound flight and went to some hidden helicopter pad he knew out in the jungle somewhere Mm -hmm. sat down everybody got out one of the maintenance guys got in the front seat and he took him on 20 minutes of flying or whatever while we sat and cooled our heels and the next guy and then when it was time to go home I got to sit in the front seat well you know he flew us around and then we picked everybody up and then flew flew back Um, chain smoking the whole time he was stressed out, you know. He took us flying, but he, he could tell he was a little bit nervous about it. Just chainsaw yeah. the whole time. Uh, that's where I learned you can't squeeze the black out of the stick. Yeah, yeah. Because you're death gripping everything because you don't know. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. I got. I mean, I got to the point where I could, uh, I could take off and land, and I could hover. Oh no. You know re- re- reasonably well. Yeah. Well,
0: the H two was a very forgiving airplane in that regard. If you turned on the AC, you know, with all
1: stick. the stuff turned on, it was yeah. it was uh, it was <laughs> yes. actually pretty easy to fly. Yeah,
0: I mean, you could with with hover hold and heading hold. The only stick you needed to manipulate was the cyclic to keep it, you know, from drifting right because the nose wouldn't right, move right. and it would stay at the whatever altitude you set it at. Uh, but even even like that, the- it was hard for me. <laughs> you know eventually you're, you're but
1: I, was, I, I can I can part. remember uh, one time I flew we flew into now I don't know how much did you fly you didn't go to Japan at all did you no no all right so in Yakuska the the, the main naval base there's a, a, a hilo facility there it's called chess Romeo and it's got it actually has a tiny little control tower and a helo pad you know because we got uh, Com seventh fleet there and you know some big wigs and stuff and uh, so we were used to go in there occasionally for uh stuff and for some reason we had to drop somebody off um i forget i think maybe we even flew a couple guys uh because they had the on-base taxis there too okay i think uh we we're gonna go flying around and drop a couple guys off from the debt to go to the, the next or something and then we we're gonna come back pick them up and then go back to Atsugi, right so the i'm i'm getting out to escort them in And then just do a quick sweep around the aircraft thing. And I'm going to climb in, and the co-pilot's climbing out of his seat, and he's like climbing at the, pointing at the seat, like get in, in. like oh okay cool, nice. So I crawl in the the co-pilot seat, and it was a pretty day too. And uh, I, uh, did did he take your seat in 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 the back? Got all strapped in, and then uh, uh, I remember the the pilot there. He uh, he picked it up into a hover, and like he's like okay, go ahead and put your feet on the pedals. So I put my feet on the pedals and he says, keep it, the nose pointed at this spot. And I'm doing that. And he goes, all right, now what I want you to do is do a turn with just the pedals. So I did a pedal turn. All I had was the pedal and then got lined up with that spot. And he goes, okay, I want you to, um, get hold of the cycle or the collective stick and the, and the pedals and maintain your altitude while you're doing that. So I did that. And then he had me, you know, put my hand on, then I did everything right. And I didn't even realize it. I look over there and he's like just sitting there with, you know, with his hands, like his fingers crossed across and I'm uh, and I'm I'm uh, I'm hovering. He goes, you're hovering. I'm like, cool. You know, and uh, but then I'm like afraid to even touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: so it's a delicate balance. He had right? me, he <laughs>
1: talked me through transitioning to forward flight and all that. And then uh, we actually flew all the way around like Mount Fuji and back oh, and uh, partway nice. there. He goes, yeah, you're doing pretty good. And I said, yeah, this thing's pretty easy to fly. And then he started flipping stuff off.
0: <laughs>
1: he turned the ace off and the, uh. and the boost. And, the, and, the, and then I was like, it was like the, the controls were like they were in cement. It took a lot of muscle, you know, to fly it. But uh, I remember doing that. That was a lot of fun.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I only got that 30-minute seat time in front. I had a couple yeah. chances army type, but it never panned out.
1: Yeah, I don't and I never really heard of any stories of uh of anybody having issues with uh with some of the pilots and uh with with a couple of exceptions, so
0: I okay, so would you personality clashes, I don't remember hearing any stories of of aircrew pilot problems, you know. I I know you, you
1: just I'm, weren't going to last. I mean, you no. were, you weren't even if you did, you weren't going to win, right? Unless I, yeah, it, it was it, something really over the top that they did or something. egregious,
0: right? You know, you know that it's wrong, yeah. right? But you yeah. know, your training up to that point, I mean, all the stuff you've been through, you you've I don't want to say I I don't over overuse the word professional, but you you were taught you had a job, they had a job the big navy as a whole has taught you to respect these people right and you know yes you can come across some ones that weren't good leaders but you know they typically don't end up flying airplanes does that make sense well and, they, they it, just
1: don't laugh they just don't last. Yeah, they get they get they get why i
0: mean i can think of one
1: they figure out ways to get rid of them.
0: one pilot that was marginal like, really? How did you make it? Right, one.
1: Well, did he did he make it to be in a hack though? That's the I, other I thing. I have no
0: I have no idea. I have no idea. I just know that, you know, I flew with him. I remember him from the rag, and he showed up at HL thirty three, and and um, I you know I didn't fly with him at the rag, but I flew with him, at the squadron. And I'm like, holy smokes, this guy's this guy's a mess, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, we it, we had some guys like that, and and uh, they got rid of him. Um, they they uh, they did a uh, a phenap board but, yeah. because but, they got to their their eighteen months after they started they got eighteen months from the time that they start the rag basically to becoming a helicopter aircraft commander really and usually that happens pretty quickly yeah that happens pretty quickly after their first cruise
0: eighteen months and, from uh, showing up at the rag to making hack so it's finished yep. rag. Get to the fleet squadron.
1: Do a tr- do, do a cruise. Do whatever it
0: takes to get integrated there. Get a cruise. Mm-hmm. And be, okay. Well, that I yep. I didn't I didn't know they had a ticking clock.
1: Yeah, they've got a ticking clock, and they actually have PQS and everything, just like you know they get their little hack book that they got to do X number of times, and then they do a board and the whole nine yards. So, you know, it, uh, if if somebody's not hacking it into the point where it's like. We, we can't let this person sign for an aircraft that, um, and they've got to the 18 months and they, 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 uh, F- fail a hack board. And they phenab the out. Next, yeah. The next step is to phenab them out. And, which is, you know, that's pretty, we that, explain, that's the end of their career.
0: Should we explain that acronym? Field Navy, Field Naval Aviator Ev- board. Evaluation
1: yeah. board. Evaluation Board? Evaluation Board? Yeah. F-N- yeah. K-E-D. It's basically the, the, as we call it the long the green table the long know, the green, green table. table yeah Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and um they look over their record and they uh decide uh they, and then they interview the the guy and then they decide whether to extend their time or to recommend to the commanding officer that they uh not be continued in a flight status in the navy Oof. and i've seen it happen a few times and I don't want to use the word deserved because that's, that's not really the correct way of characterizing it. It was more like, um, that, that was with the correct decision. That, that was what was required at the time because they were not safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause lives are command yeah. and aircraft. Um, maybe they could fly, but they couldn't fly and, uh, act as an aircraft commander in a tactical situation and not, not, uh, Fly the airplane into the water with a brand new pilot.
0: Yeah, that's you know you have
1: to always think about oh we got well, we might have to send this guy out with a with a first cruise. Yeah, who's, nugget who's impressionable? And a nugget, yeah. a- gonna... Awan in the back and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the only guy with experience in the airplane. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, uh,
0: but you said something that triggered a question. Oh my gosh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, so. The eighteen month thing, I um, we had so we had two hacks, when we when our when we left on deployment. But I want to say, Mister Hodge made hack before we came back, and Lieutenant Sullivan was pretty close. So I, I you know, again, that's more of the ONC's you know, get it done yeah. kind of, kind of. I mean, we flew this not out of that airplane. I think we flew six hundred hours. No, 400 hours, 400 hours on a six month deployment, you know, five hours a day, five hours a night, every single day, except Sunday. Yep. We didn't fly Sundays and we tried not to fly Saturday. What? No. Saturday evenings, maybe. I know we, uh, but yeah, we flew, we flew a lot.
1: Well, we time. always used to say, you know, a holiday routine for the ship. <laughs> <You> know, routine <laughs> working,
0: working, working routine, yeah but that was again that that was a the, you know the chief's idea if he wants to integrate with the ship and do ship's routine or you know do their own thing but you know if the airplane was up and there's nothing else going on we flew um we flew dawn patrols i'm air quoting dom yep. patrols we took off at seven thirty um and we flew night patrols again air quotes it took off at five thirty. And some of these things we were, you know, we would go out and fly in a certain area and just tool around and, you know, illuminate everything we see with the radar. Or we'd practice yeah. or we'd practice something. We'd sometimes we throw out smoke in the water, practice our approaches. Um, sometimes we uh, <laughs> we're going to do we did. I remember one time we we're going to do a, a an, o- an over the horizon targeting test, right, where you zoom along at the surface of the water and then pop up to a thousand feet you know three sweeps of the radar yeah. and zoom back down. and the ship was controlling this so this was going to be a, a you know a ship uh test for them to not a test but practice right and the ship i was yeah. on was part of the was not part of the asw screen was part of the anti-air screen because it was a guided missile destroyer so it typically was you know ahead of the battle group uh PIM, right ahead of our ahead of the intended movements. So we were kind of like ahead. I don't know where we were this day, but we're zooming along. <laughs> and, and at the predetermined time, we pop up, do our three sweeps, report to the boat, right? Go back down. On our second pop-up, we popped up right into the freaking approach of the freaking carrier. Oops. Boom. And, and we're, we're zooming up. We're zooming up. And, uh, you know, on guard comes freaking air boss. Whoever is in... You know, whatever aircraft is at out. Is at this location. You are you are in the uh, you're in the approach for uh, for the Marshall stack. So you need to Yikes. you need to get it. <laughs> so back down we go. We didn't even you know we didn't even finish it. We didn't report to the boat till the next pop up, and then we stayed up longer for. Uh, probably Commander Kritz was flying to tell the scope dope back at the ship that hey dude. Whoever planned this put put us up in the... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they, I'm pre- sure
1: that they didn't uh, send a pre-X to the... Uh, I, I have alpha, no... Whoever I, the heck it is on the carrier to get that... Uh,
0: I have no idea. Inflicted. I have no idea who dropped that ball, but we were three miles. We we're probably three miles from but the boat. Know, <laughs> we were popping up into there.
1: Those kind of things aren't unprecedented, though, and and, and when and they've had to learn the hard way a couple of times on, yeah. on exercises when some people have gotten killed because either... Uh, sea fit like they had with a vp1 p3 or the uh the two p3s that collided out in the whiskeys off of uh, san Clemente island that was a nasty one
0: yeah yeah no it's uh i don't it, you know who knows if the boat if if the carrier was even flying or it was in a launch or recovery cycle i don't know but you know we popped up right behind him at three miles <laughs> so they were done
1: yeah that's pretty they, much in the airspace they there, weren't yeah. they
0: weren't happy with, they were not happy with that i think I just can't remember the numbers, but you would fly at 100, like 100 feet as fast as you can go. So about 130 knots, right? 135 knots,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which, you know, when what was our normal cruising speed? 90? Yeah. 90 knots on normal cruise. So when you're when you're going, you know, 50% faster and, and our normal cruising altitude was 1,500 feet, right? So you're down close. It felt like you're zooming along which, you know, you're not in a helicopter, but it felt like you're zooming along. And you you could hear the airplane kind of, you know, straining, you know, that it was working hard. Um,
1: I think in theory it could go 120, but uh, it felt like it was going to fly apart when you got that going that fast. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. So, um, so I think we probably answered the question, right? That it depends. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think it depends on the people that you're with, if they're, if they're down for for you know That's hanging out with each other cuz some some you know some enlisted people have no desire to hang out with officers at all they just don't trust them you know yeah see i, I, I,
1: I, I put my life in their hands every time yeah, i went flying so I, I didn't have that kind of attitude we, we about were it. i ex- just didn't really put much thought into it we were you know, an exception like, oh. though
0: we were an exception right but there's other maintenance yeah. types that you know no, I don't like them they they make work for me so i don't like them so so yeah sometimes yeah it depends um so the other question that chris had was about uh if we get training to fly so we just talked about getting some stick time right
1: um no we got zero yeah actual there there was nothing formalized or even informalized about uh no no about us flying and i think if we did any flying that was kind of like uh I see nothing. I hear nothing by whoever's in charge.
0: Yeah, it, it's a good deal, right? It's a it's a little little piece of candy for you for whatever. But yeah, you're not mm-hmm. given any training to fly just in case something happens. Um, right. Because in our airplane, you got to think our, our airplane is a, the the you can't you could get to the pilot station from the cabin, but it was hard. Right. It would be very hard to climb out. Climb, you're stepping over the the bulkhead. What would you, what'd you say? The, the eighteen inches. Yeah, yeah, no. the
1: bulkhead. Yeah, the cockpit bulkhead. The, yeah.
0: The opening was like eighteen. Inches. I I could not. If I was out of my seat, you know, in the gunner's belt, and I stuck my head up there, I could not. My shoulders would not fit. I'd have to twist to stick yeah, my head. You I, know. I,
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that anyway. So I so heard of people doing it in the H sixty, and I, I and I never got any stick time in the H sixty, but. Uh, um and there's there's i heard a guys going up to the to the through the middle to get get up there
0: not it's not yeah and and h2 is not hard, something easy to swap spots with anybody up there so um and i i don't think in general you know there's other other aircraft that have enlisted sensor operators on them i don't think any enlisted person was given sort any sort of instruction on how to land an airplane it's just not no it's just not no. done. um you know if the airplane's in distress and if both pilots are incapacitated you're gonna you're gonna bail out you're gonna ditch right control ditch um or everybody jumps out before the airplane hits the ground
1: um yeah that's right we had we had the uh the planned ditching uh procedure i'm glad i never had to do that i know people that did do it
0: <laughs> i've i've accidentally deployed the uh the life rafts before <laughs> But, not.
1: I seen I've seen a raft deployed in the hangar. Uh, and and I was, uh, in the hangar when it happened. Uh, and it was uh, Dave Haddock that did it.
0: The little the little one man the little one man rafts we had.
1: Well, actually, what he did was uh, they brought the aircraft into the hangar, and um, you know we had uh well we called them sar bags um that had all your Gear in it that you hung up next to the uh, the door there, and that also held the held the rafts in it. Yeah, the, maybe uh, the rafts were in a separate the separate raft bag. bag no,
0: The raft bag was by itself. You'd go check out a raft yeah. bag from the PR shop, and they had three rafts in it typically. Yeah, and it was um, and each raft was twenty seven well, pounds, so a raft bag was almost a hundred pounds. That's how I remember it. And
1: I think these might have been the newfangled. Oh, okay. International orange bags that actually had the rafts in them and all the other stuff.
0: Okay. All right. Well, this is something. do you remember, remember we used to keep the raft bag right behind the pilot's bulkhead, on the uh, pushed up against the bulkhead, right? It would wedge in right
1: there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mike, yeah. can you go to pause for one second? Yeah, yeah. Give me a second. I got I to gotta ask my daughter. Okay. Or my- okay.
0: So raft bags.
1: Yeah. So uh, they brought the bird in the hangar and... Uh, you know, we had to bring the stuff back to the PR shop. So, um, I don't know if he was just not thinking about what he was doing, but he just threw it out, (laughs) like out onto the hangar floor. And I guess it must've hit like the, the neck for the CO2 cartridge or something. And it went off and I heard like this weird noise. And then after that, I heard a loud bang because the raft exploded, you know, and, and it's in that, you know, uh, green case. Yeah. Theoretically, you could strap it to your back, I guess. Yeah. I heard of some people that used to do that. I was like, nah, if I, if I feel like I need to strap a raft to myself, maybe I should just stay home. Yeah, no, but it, but anyhow, um, yeah, that, that happened. It, it it was, uh, it scared the living daylights out of me, but then it was, you know, kind of funny at the time. And then Dave had to explain that to the yes. maintenance officer, I guess.
0: And it's funny because it didn't happen to you. Right. That, yeah, that's yeah, what that's makes it funny when happens. To somebody somebody else. else, yeah. As long as it doesn't. What was the? the
1: and, and, and in hindsight, there was a lot of you know funny stuff that uh, that happened. Of course, while and you, we and were in the navy and flying and whatnot, you
0: learned the first rule of thermodynamics. Which, yeah, which is with the heat on somebody else, it's not on you.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right.
0: Well, yeah. I had I had the rat bag fall out of the airplane in flight.
1: Oh shit!
0: Yeah, we were we were coming back. I want to say San Clemente. So, you know, we we're coming around Point Loma, and um, you know, I'm I got my head in the scope because I'm, you know, it's daytime. I have the hood on. I'm practicing marking all the little sailboats and what I could see in the in the radar display. And all of a sudden, I hear what was that? <laughs> and I'm like, and I am like what? I could have sworn I saw something fall off the airplane. And I look over, and sure enough, where the raft bag was, it's missing. Because, <laughs> you know, I guess we weren't flying right in trim. And so some wind came in and sucked that sucker right out. All 100 pounds wow. of it.
1: we like, so we circle. So well, we had, had to go explain that, right?
0: We had to circle around, make sure we hit nothing, right? Can you imagine a 100 pound bag falling off of, you know, an airplane at 1,500 feet, it hits the water, hits a sailboat or something? So yeah, we circled around to make sure we didn't hit anything. And then, you know, it's filled out a, a TFOA report. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but yeah, so no, we did not we're not taught to fly. We're taught how to ditch. Planned ditch, which is, you know, everyone jumps out the can and then the pilot rides it in. Or there's the unplanned ditch where, you know, the the thing just stops flying and you just gotta ride it in. You know, there is no Yeah. Uh, there's no ejection seat or method of returning the aircraft to the taxpayers um,
1: that, that's happened to uh a couple of our uh squadron mates colleagues right? over the our years.
0: contemporaries as yes, people we know Yeah,
1: shipmates squadron mates um classmates
0: and the th- and the thing is our community really you know not a lot of you know mishap every couple of years like kill people. In well, this was a, there was a
1: pretty good, there was a pretty significant period of time where uh, there wasn't any any accidents at all, and uh, and then there was a rash of them, and the and it's the rash of them started with uh, the one that uh, uh, Mike Ampon, uh, that was and 80, the co-pilot, that,
0: that was, was
1: eighty
0: five, January eighty five, December eighty
1: four. Yeah. No, I don't I can't remember I don't remember if there was any on the east coast but that that no, was the no. first one on the west coast. There was when you after you and I had started flying. Correct. And then there was a rash of them unfortunately.
0: A rash? Okay, so there yeah, was I there mean, was the there was the mishap at 31 where <laughs> uh, they land on the beach. No, no. No, where they uh they were doing they were doing um uh engine off autos at uh Montgomery field. No, what? Oh my, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no Brownfield, 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 sorry. Brownfield. Brownfield. It, yep. engine off auto is at Brownfield. And you know, at the end of an engine off auto, as do you recover, you're supposed to put the engine, the engine that was, was off, come back on. Come back sure. on. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they did their engine off auto, pulled out, climbed back to altitude, all without putting the other engine, the engine that turned off back on. And then they start their second engine off auto by turning off the second engine and then when it's time to pull out, they realize they got nothing, and then they hit the ground, and then uh, they're on a slope. <laughs> and so they, they, the helicopter rolled down with them all, like, in it, right, careening down the hill, and then it flipped over, and that was uh, Jose Melendez. I know that. Yeah. I, I saw that newspaper clipping somewhere.
1: I've seen some of the pictures of that. Well, they also had one that, uh, between the time you and I left, and this happened— while you were in uh 33 there they had the hsl 31 that uh had the blade completely delaminate and they had to land on the beach there in imperial beach by the comm station
0: okay we had um, uh in 33 we had a we had a we had a uh, gearbox crap out then they had to land and they landed the helicopter at uh, at the point Loma lighthouse they barely made it
1: yeah, I remember re- hearing about that one. We landed I landed in a horse stable in uh Imperial Beach with a gearbox that was uh coming apart. So, I mean, it, uh you you do this stuff and uh it, these things are going to happen from time to time. Most of the time it turns out to be sort of a, a non-event, but uh you know, it's just one of those uh one of those things that uh Uh-oh. you're uh prepared for i guess you could say
0: yeah because they practice they practice all kinds of crazy situations you know so uh all right so those are what else do you have to ask do you ask anything else oh he wants to hear about your journey to become an airline pilot uh, but i think that's going to take a whole thing on its own don't you think
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: um so uh, as far as as far as Chris's email, we'll we'll answer we'll say that we're gonna we've answered these yeah, two. Yeah, I'm sorry that uh, I
1: didn't uh, have any more uh, no stories <laughs> about because uh, okay. I remember in your uh, one of your um, podcasts that you did you 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 went into quite a bit of detail about what you guys did in Hawaii and whatnot. Uh-huh. Sound like it was uh, yeah it was uh, um. Kind of, kind of prototypical, I guess, of sail, you know, sailors on liberty. So, it's good stuff.
0: Um, did, I, did I talk about how we trashed a hotel room in in Bunbury <laughs> completely by oh, accident? Oh yeah, completely. That's by That's not accident. good. That was completely. It was, it was, it was a, it was an accident. It wasn't because we got crazy and we throwing crap at each other. It was just somebody fell down, and the way they fell broke a couch. The back, the back of a couch, you know, so it wouldn't. Oh yeah, it, it wouldn't stay up. It would fall down. So he, it was identical to the couch against the wall. So we just kind of swapped them.
1: But yeah, the guys got a little, uh, little rowdy, huh? Well, just you know, you know that's
0: how it is. I can't. I'm sorry to say, I don't know what it's like nowadays that they do as much drinking because, from what I understand, they get rid of for any little, any little alcohol related instru- incident just black marks their record. So.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. They they've gone they've gone really uh to the uh, extreme, I think. Uh it's all about the I don't know. They say liability or you know the for the what is it? For the uh good of the service or or what have you. You know, they always try to impress upon us that uh you know we're we're held to a higher standard than the average citizen, and so accountability is. Uh,
0: well, ac- um, ac- you know, part account- of the deal. accountability is one thing, but zero mistakes is impossible.
1: Yeah. No, it's, I it's agree an, with you. That's an impossible uh, measure. To it. Yeah. To a It's a mark that mo- most most can't hit. Right. Yeah. Well, and and I also think that. Uh, the uh the military being a microcosm of society as they say kind of explains a lot of it too without <laughs> expounding on things
0: okay <laughs> yeah i see i hear where you're going i hear where you're going um well all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna say that you know not just thank chris for writing start with that thank him for writing uh I hope that we're able to answer these two questions to a, a little bit of a satisfaction um, and and to use the opportunity to encourage others to write. Um, and, you know, if you have questions along these lines, we'll be, we'll be happy to answer them. You know, Chris has two more questions, but they're a little bit, they're, they're such that they each get their own, they should get their own description and their own Episode, so to speak, because we can't, you know, it's not 10 or 15 minutes. It's all, it's going to be a long, uh, long stories that we're, we're good at telling long stories. Um, so I think, I think we'll cut it, we'll cut it here. Don't you think, Scott, we'll, uh, we'll shut it off and uh, pick it up next time? Sure. Okay. Um, so again, Chris, thank you for writing. Anybody else wants to write, uh, Mike at navalair.net or Scott at navalair.net? Uh, we love to hear from you and uh, so with that I'm going to say thank you for listening uh, stay safe and God bless